Thank you so much. Thank you. And God is good, and I'm excited to share with you all this morning. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, thank you for, you know, not worrying about what's happening with the 49ers right now and still being in the house of the Lord. <laughs> God is good. You'll check the scores later, but he'll be all right. <laughs> Man, uh, you know, I, I want to thank the Lord. I want to thank him for his goodness, and his, his faithfulness, his blessing um, in our church. Um, it's, it's been an amazing season, but I'm grateful that we can gather in this way and and together believe Him for great things. Um, this last week, we kicked off a new message series titled Bold, uh, and I hope that you enjoyed part one. I hope that you allowed that to minister to you, and I hope that you've begun to step into boldness in your life. Now, if you've missed any of it, you could definitely check it out on our podcast or watch it on YouTube or Facebook, but, but step into that. It's a season that God is calling our church, each and every one of us as individuals and collectively to step into. And so this morning, we get into part two of our series that I've titled, Not Today. And so we'll get into more of that and what that means here. Our central passage for our message series can be found in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and in verse 12. And it says this, you know what, actually, can we read it all together on the count of three? Let's read it together on the count of three. It says this, one, two, three. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold and as Christ's followers, we have a hope that n- compares to nothing else in the world. It is far greater than anything else. We have a hope in Christ Jesus that transcends everything else. And therefore, we are very bold. Let's, listen, let's take a moment to pray and we'll jump into part two. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you, Father, for waking us up and giving us this opportunity God, we seek you, we seek your presence, we seek your wisdom in our life. And I pray, God, as you woke us up and brought us here this morning, we're watching online, God, that your word would minister to our hearts. God, that it would convict us and strengthen us and encourage us and reveal to us the paths that you have for us. God, we thank you for your goodness. Minister to us, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Have you ever been addicted to something? Have you ever been addicted to something? And I'm not talking about warm apple pie with some vanilla ice cream and a little glass of milk. Hey, come on, somebody. Nobody? That's just me? Listen, that counts too. But you might say, well, the truth is I am addicted to something right now. The truth is I've been addicted to something and maybe it's a drug and maybe it's the way you take it or the way you smoke it or the way that you receive it or maybe it's that drink. You know, it's that drink and it just, it kind of just takes you to this place and you really like it. Or maybe it's that you're addicted to this person and you just, there's something about this person and you just have to have this person in your life. Or maybe it's this food and you, and you eat it and you eat it and you eat it and afterwards you feel horrible about it, but you did it again. Or, 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 or maybe it's something else that you watch online and you watch it on your phone or your tablet or your computer or your television and when the lights are off and nobody else is around, you view this in your life. See, statistics tell us that nearly 21 million Americans have at least one addiction. And I want you to know this morning that if you're addicted to something, you don't have to stay addicted to it. It can be broken. It's understanding the process that allows you to find that healing. You see, addiction begins with a temptation, and the devil knows exactly how to tempt you, 
how to put you in position, how when your emotions are so vulnerable and it's just that right moment, and he puts it in front of you at just the right time, and it seems like you continue to fall into the same trap over and over again, and you don't want that. But it seems like it happens. You see, once when Jesus was fasting and he was preparing for his earthly ministry, the devil appeared to him and tried to tempt him three times. Each time, Jesus had a response. Are you trying to tempt me? Jesus spoke. He had another time. Jesus spoke. And on the third time, Jesus tells him in Matthew chapter 4, verse 10, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Now, you might be saying, well, you know, that's Jesus and he's God. And so he could overcome anything, any temptation that comes this way. And absolutely, that's Jesus. And you might be saying, well, well I, I'm human and, and I struggle and I'm weak and I, and I fall into it every time. But listen, I want you to understand something that is so key in Jesus' words. He says, away from me, Satan. You see, I've titled today's message, Not Today. Not today, Satan. Not today. Not in my home, not in my life. I'm going to stop pretending to be something I'm not. I'm not going to walk into these areas. You see, Satan has had power over God's people for far too long. And so prophetically speaking, in the name of Jesus, we break those chains. I speak freedom over the captive and healing over the hurt and sight over the blind, all in the name of Jesus. There is freedom in Jesus. There's freedom in Jesus. But family, we're going to have to be Bold. Bold. You see, if your struggle was right here on this table and it was right there, very nice and neat, and nobody was looking, the lights were off and there was just a light shining right there, would you be able to walk away from it? If it was right there and nobody's looking, everybody was turning the other direction or nobody was here and, and it was right there, what would you do? What, what would happen? You see, today we're going to dive into a passage of Scripture where we see a man who had everything available to him. He, if he wanted it, he can have it. No pleasures in this world were denied to him. But he turned it all down to follow God. Now some think he's crazy. Some think he's insane. How could you have everything you could possibly want in this life and walk away from it? You see, his name was Moses. His original story can be found in the book of Exodus, but today we're going to take a look at what the book of Hebrews says in the New Testament. The Bible says this in Hebrews 11, verses 24 through 27. It says, By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He had chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. You see, Moses could have had any physical pleasure that you could imagine, anything. I mean, uh, uh, riches, uh, you know, the wives, women, uh, you know, mansions and servants and camels, anything. He could have had anything that you could possibly imagine. In fact, he had it all. What do you mean? He could have had anything? Imagine the temptation in front of him. How do you give that up? 
How do you walk away from that? It's all there. You're in it. You're surrounded by it. You enjoy it. It's, it's part of your life. How do you walk away from that? What would you do? See, the truth is the devil knows exactly how to get us. At our moments that are most vulnerable, at our moments that, that, that it just feels like this is the right thing to do, he'll put it right in front of you because he wants to see you fall into it over and over again. So the question for each and every one of us this morning is, how do I tell Satan to get behind me? How do I tell Satan to get behind me? Listen, the first thing is this, is I must make a choice. I must make a choice. See, making a choice doesn't mean we got it all figured out. Making a choice simply means I know what I want. I know the end result. This is what I'd like to have in my life. This is what I'd like to have. It doesn't mean that you all figured it out. It, knows, it means that I want to be right with God. It, it, it means that this is what I, what I would want to happen in my life. You see, life is choices. Every day, every minute, we make choices. Again, statistics tell us that on average, adults make 35,000 choices per day. Now, that's a whole lot of choices. And we have to understand that our choices will lead us in one way or our choices will lead us in another direction, right? They communicate one thing or another. Listen, have you ever been driving in a car and you came along and all of a sudden you hit a fork in the road? And you were either going to go left or you were going to go right, right? You, you go one down one way and it's going to lead you one way or you go down another way. It's going to lead you in a completely different direction. Understanding that maybe I'm supposed to go right, that's the right thing to do. But the going left, I don't know. There's something about it. It just, it just feels right. It just looks right. I know somebody else who went down and they look happy and, 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 and so that's good for them. But the truth is that it hinders us. Listen, maybe you've been to a restaurant and you got the kid's menu and on the back of the kid's menu there was a little maze. Any of you? Adults, tell the truth. You take that kid's menu from them and you play on that maze too. Don't lie, okay? And, and, and you're on the maze in the end. The goal, the idea of the maze is to get from one end all the way to the other and to find the, the path where there's, it's just all clear for you to go. Now, what happens? This is what happens, right? You're, you're going down the maze, and all of a sudden, you turn left, turn right, turn left, turn right, and all of a sudden, you're at a dead end. You're, you're, you're at this dead end. Now, what we do it, with the kids' menu is we cheat. We jump, and we start all the way back at the beginning, and then we go. And then we go into the right way. But that's not how it works in life, is it? See, in life, you're now dealt with the mess because of the decisions you've made. And so what you have to do is you have to navigate and make your way all the way. But you can't jump. And you, you have to navigate and look at the, the things that have hindered you. And then you follow and make your way back to the right way that you'd like to go in this life. Some say, well, you know, that's easy. That, that's just easy. You know, you just make certain decisions and, and that's easy. But, but for some of us, life isn't that easy, is it? It's, 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 it's more like the, the maze that has all the turns and, it's, and, and we got all these decisions to make to get where we finally want to go. You see, you, might, you may have been through something difficult and if you have, you know it's not easy, but you can do this. You can do this. If you want to tell Satan to get behind you, you need to make a choice. You need to, have, you need to understand what you want 
You see, let's look at Moses in verses 24 and 25. It says this, by faith. Someone say by faith. By faith. Moses, when he had grown up, someone say grown up, grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose, someone say he chose, to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. See, the Bible says that when he had grown up, when he had matured, when his understanding had changed, when he could understand and see the effects of the decisions he makes, right? He can see how it affects him, how it hinders him from getting to his goal. He'd like to get there. But he understands that if I continue on this journey, it doesn't last. I don't get God's, it doesn't, it doesn't happen. He can understand how it hurts the relationships around. He thinks it might make them better, how it hurts the things around. How you step into generational curses, I'll tell you this. Sometimes we're, we're not even thinking about it, but you'll step into something that will hinder you and the generation to come because of the decisions we make. I, I can't even think of them yet. But the Bible says when he had grown up, when he understand truly what he wants out of life, because that's what happens, right? You grow up, you mature, you look at life, you look at what's happened, and then you understand, you know, this is what I truly want out of life. All these things, great fun, this is what I truly want. The Bible says when he had grown up, then he chose. See, the Bible says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. When I was a child, I talked like a child, and when I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. See, we come to this place of maturity where we know what we want. There it is. That's what I want. That's what I want. And for me to get from here to there, I'm going to have to choose the right thing. I'm going to have to choose God. I'm going to have to choose him, and then I'm going to have to choose him again. And, and it's great that I've chosen him today on this Sunday morning, but you know what? I'm going to have to choose him again tomorrow because the devil knows how to tempt me. And he's not giving up, and he doesn't take days off, and he's looking for me, and he knows what I'm most vulnerable. So if I want to get to where I want to go, then I'm going to have to choose him again. I'm going to have to choose him again. Every day, I'm going to have to be intentional and choose him again because the devil is choosing to tempt me and put that temptation that's going to lead to an addiction in my life. Now, it doesn't change the fact that, that we're still struggling with something, but we know what we want. That knowledge must be followed up with making a choice. Choose. You see, if I don't choose or if I choose not to have extra snacks in between all my meals and dessert every night, hello, somebody, I might finally get to my goals. I might. I, I just might get to my goals if I, if, I, if, I, if I change the way that I'm thinking, if I make that choice. See, Moses chose. He chose to be mistreated and follow God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. With every temptation staring at him, he chose God. With the easy road, all, all laid out, all little nice with a little ribbon, and he just had to pull it, and there it is. He chose God. Here's what you need to know. The Bible says this in, four, in Proverbs 14, 12. There's a path before each person that seems right. I'll tell you, it just looks right. It just makes sense. I know somebody else, and they look happy. I mean, it just, it just seems right, but it ends in death. 
It seems comfortable. It seems fulfilling. It seems like everything that I've ever wanted in this life. Everything that I've ever imagined, if I just win the lottery, if I just come up on this way, it's just just everything that I've ever wanted in life. But it only leads to destruction. It only leads to hurting me, to hurting hurting my relationship with God. But it's everything that is only hurting me and it's hurting the people around me. It's only helping me to step into generational curses or, or, or causing me to be stuck. And I don't know anybody that wants to be stuck. It wants to be in that position. Listen, if you want to tell Satan to get behind you, it begins with making a choice. Would you say this out loud with me? Say it out loud. I want freedom. I want want healing. I want God. I choose God. You see, the second way that we tell Satan to get behind me is to be certain what holds greater value. To be certain what holds greater value. You see, as people, we place, we place certain value around things. You know, we, we, there's things that we need every day. There's things that we use every once in a while. There's things that we have but we never use. And there's things that we want but we never obtain. And we place value. You know, if I were to get that and I'm going to put it on my shelf like that, whoo! Like, ah, man, I can't wait to come up on that. Like, oh, yes. Or if, if I get that, I'll feel this way. If I, if I do that, or see, the problem is we place certain value on things and it gets us in trouble. It becomes dangerous. Have you ever seen those like old weighting scales? And the idea of the scales that you put a weight on one side and it's supposed to help you determine the value of the other thing on the other side, right? And and, and it's there. It, it could be easy for you to place a greater value on the wrong thing. Or give, or for you to give value to something that should be of no worth to you. See, if you're looking for validation of value of whatever it is that you're struggling with or addicted to or tempted with, and, and, and a drug or a person or a, a relationship or, or, or being something that you're not, whatever, whatever that is, whatever that addiction is, whatever that temptation is, if you, if you put something on or if you're looking for validation of it, look no further than current culture because current culture will tell you what, well, whatever feels good. I mean, if that's what makes you happy... If, if, if listen, listen, don't worry about all of that. Listen, don't worry that it's going to, they don't tell you that it's going to lead to destruction in life. It's going to hinder you from your relationship with God. That doesn't matter. Whatever feels good, whatever makes you happy, go for that. You do you. Enjoy that. YOLO, you only live once. Just go after it. You need to learn to recognize the lies of Satan. Because he only wants to trip you up. The truth is that is only going to lead to your destruction. The truth is that's only going to hinder your relationship with God and where you want so you know what you want. But getting from here to there, there's a whole lot of choices that need to be made. See, when I first gave my life to the Lord, there were some things in my life that lowered value automatically they just, they just didn't have the same value. They didn't mean the same thing. And then there were some things that just lost value altogether. They, they no longer had the same meaning for me. They no longer had the same function. I couldn't see, like, I, I'm going now this way with the Lord. I, 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 I love him. I want to be about that. And so this, well, this doesn't have any more use in my, in, in my life. 
And I discovered it only hindered me in my journey. Pastor Jack, that, you know, that seems very black and white. It does. And I remember as a young adult, a couple of years into walking with the Lord, I had this, I had this moment. And I remember the moment very clearly, very clearly. I was praying, and I was talking to God about a struggle that I just kept having. It seems like I would try to be right with God, and then I would be tempted, and boom, I'd fall right in. I'd fall into the trap of the devil every time. I just, ah, I just kept falling in and falling in and falling in. You fall in so many times, you don't like what you see. You fall in more than that, and you become numb to it. It just becomes, and you're carrying around this, this, weighted, this weighted chain on your leg, and you can't find freedom. And I was praying, and I was seeking the Lord, and I remember that moment as I was talking to God, this is my struggle. God, the truth is, I just want to be right with you. I want to just, I, give me the strength to overcome. I just, everything around me says, keep doing what I'm doing, but I feel, I know that it's not right. And I was praying this prayer. And then I heard I heard God's voice just say, well, what if it was a black and white decision? And I thought just right away, I was like, well, no, God, there's some things are just gray. You just got to understand some things are just gray. And then again, I heard, well, what if it was a black and white decision? And I hesitated because I knew that the words that would come out of my mouth next didn't match with current culture. And I said, well, if, that's, if it is black and white, then I want to do the right thing. I, I want to honor God. I, I, I didn't like the feeling of falling into a trap over and over. I, I didn't like making the same mistakes over and over. I didn't like the fact that God didn't like that. I, I, wanted, I wanted to seek Him. I wanted to be right with Him. I wanted to walk with Him. I wanted to enjoy the, the beauty of walking with God. But, but falling into that did, didn't allow me to experience that. Listen, I want you to see what the Bible says about Moses in verse 26a. This is this. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt. See, Moses said, this might go against popular culture, but I want to be what God wants me to be. I want Jesus in my life. It might go against what everybody says, just, just whatever, do whatever makes you happy, but I want Jesus. And imagine him. He's weighing it out on the scales. A relationship with God that's going to last me eternity or the fleeting pleasures of sin. And the scale dropped because there was no comparison. There was no comparison. See, the only way for Moses to put himself in position to do the right thing was to set up values. To set up values. Listen, I want you to imagine this. Imagine he's, he's going on in his life and he's saying, well, you know what? The truth is I can only have this in moderation, so I'm giving you a three. There you are. Moderation, because I know you'll get me in trouble. Oh, you know what? The truth is the last time I did this, it only took me far away from you, God. Zero. 
And he just dropped it down like that. That's your new value. You used to be up on the scale, but you get a zero now. Okay, okay. Uh, reading my Bible, that only helps me to understand you more. I'm giving you a 10. Okay, praying. Uh, you know what? I builds intimacy between me and God. There goes a 10. Uh, going to church, serving in my local church. Oh, that gives me a 10. Helps me to keep my faith active. Okay, all right. Uh, listen, you drop from now. You're a two because, listen, only in moderation with you because you just get me in trouble. I don't even like you no more. And then zero, I can't even have you in my life. We got to back up. Give me 50 feet because we ain't, we, we ain't friends no more. Imagine Moses going around, evaluating his life and saying, listen, hold up, we, we got to put some new values on things. Looking at the price tag and saying, okay, nah, you aren't worth what you say you're worth. That is a lie from the pit of hell. The only way for Moses to put himself in position to do the right thing was to set up values. Be certain of what holds greater value. When you come to that place of understanding, it's almost like an like a uppercut to Satan. You, you, just, you just give him one good one. Because if that doesn't hold a 10 in your life anymore, if it's now a zero, he can't use that against you. You don't value it anymore. You don't run to it anymore. You don't look forward to it anymore. I, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to do that anymore. It's now a zero, so he can't use it against you. He, he can't get you with that. He, he can't tempt you with that. He can't set up a trap that's all nice and easy for you just to step into. He, he can't do that because it no longer holds the same value. The Bible says this in 1 John chapter 4. In verse 4, this is this little children, and this was kind of secret language and code. When he says little children, he was talking to the church. He says, church, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. See, he who is in you is God. He who is in the world is Satan. Satan comes with all the pleasures of this world. Everything that will blind you from the beauty of walking with the Lord. The Bible says in James chapter 4 and verse 7, it says this, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. See, when you remove that price tag, when you remove that value, he no longer has the same ability to, to destroy you, to bring that destruction in your life, to trap you. And when you bring it to the feet of Jesus and you say, this has held on to me for far too long, but I don't want it anymore. You remove its value and you experience freedom. You've ruined Satan's plans for your life. You've messed him up. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 18, it says this, We know that God's children do not make a practice of sinning, for God's Son holds them securely, and the evil one cannot touch them. Do not make the practice of sinning. See, this doesn't mean that you'll never sin or you'll never make a mistake. What it means is you don't knowingly choose the wrong thing over and over, knowing that it only causes separation between you and God. See, what holds greater value, knowing Christ or the fleeting pleasures of sin? How do I tell Satan to get behind me? The third thing that I want to share with you is this. Focus on the reward. Focus on the reward. Have you ever seen the cartoon character or the cartoon with, with the dangling carrot? 
and the carrot is just apt there, and you know, the, the, the bunny is chasing it, or, or the, the dangling uh, dollar bill, right? You've seen the commercials with the dollar bill. Ah, gotcha, gotcha, right? Right? Uh, and, but it's, it's motivation is what it is. It's motivation to, to keep going, right? Motivation can be powerful. Motivation pushes people to go beyond what they think is possible. It, it gets them out and gets them up, right? It keeps you going when you could give up. It reminds you of why you're doing what you're doing. There's, kind of, there's different kind of motivations. You, know, you can find me laying on my couch at home, just resting, but all of a sudden I hear that song, Eye of the Tiger. Dunce. Dun, 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 dun. And I'm like, I pop right up. I'm like, ready to go. What are we going to do? We're going to change the roof on the house? Let's do it. Let's, I mean, let's, let's go, right? There's, there's motivation in you, right? In following Christ, there's also motivation. There's a prize. See, the Bible says this about Moses in verse 26b, the first part. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt. Then it says this, Comma, because he was looking ahead to his reward. See, he's looking ahead to his reward. What do you mean reward? There's a reward for this? I follow Jesus, I get a reward? What, where's my reward? Pastor, is that the hub? Pastor Rodrigo didn't tell me about my reward. Do we get trophies? Listen, verse 27 gives us some more insight on what the Bible is talking about here. This is this, by faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger, semicolon, he, pers he persevered because he saw him who is invisible. He saw him who is invisible. You see, the reward was access to a relationship with our Heavenly Father. He valued that as the greatest thing on earth. He, 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 how do you turn down all the pleasures possible? How do you do that? Because on his scale, Walking with God in a healthy relationship outweighed everything else. His reward was walking with the creator of the universe. His reward was being confident in the arms of God. Amen. Pastor Jack, that doesn't sound like that's worth too much in today's culture. Maybe not. But in heaven, it's worth everything. It's worth everything. You see, the Bible says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. It says, do you know, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly, I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. And Apostle Paul is talking, is encouraging the church. He's talking about running the race. While you're on the race, the devil's going to try to get you out of your race. He's going to try and throw everything in front, everything to blind you so you don't see God for who he is. So you don't walk in his love. So you don't live in his mercy and his grace and his forgiveness. So you don't wake up and choose him again. Instead, you choose that. See, this crown is a representation of what we'll get in heaven. See, in verse 26 is key, and I want you to get 26. 
Therefore, I don't run like someone running aimlessly. I don't fight like a boxer beating the air. See, running aimlessly is not focused on the reward. I know what I want. I've come to that place in my life where I know what I want. I know what I want. But when you run aimlessly, you're never going to get there because you, you, you made a left here, you made a right here, and you're, you're just kind of do. I want to be right with God, but you know, but you're not focused on the reward. You're, you're not, you, listen, keep your eyes on the prize. Don't turn to your left. Don't turn to your right. Don't get distracted. Not today, Satan. Not today. I'm trying to walk with Jesus today. Not today, Satan. Not today. And you take another step. And you take another, Satan, get out of my life. Not today. And you take another, I'm keeping my eyes on the prize. I'm keeping my eyes, I just, I just want to be right with God. I, I, I just want to walk with Him. I just want to be in a healthy relationship with Him. I just, I want God's blessing in my life. I want to honor Him. Keep your eyes on the prize. Understand the devil's plan. Understand that he wants to tempt you. You know, addictions are real. Temptation is real. Right? That generational curses are real. It all starts with a temptation in the dark. Don't listen to the lies of Satan. He has told you that good is bad and bad is good for far too long. He's told you that that music is okay when you know that it's really not. He has told you just keep eating keep, when you know that you shouldn't. He has told you that it's harmless, but you know, you know that it's hurting you inside. Well, well it's not, I'm not hurting anyone else, but that's just not true. And you've tried to follow God's voice, but this other voice has been loud in your life. Are you ready to tell Satan to get behind you? You know what I love in that passage in Matthew chapter 4 and Jesus is being tempted by Satan and Satan comes at him and Jesus got an answer. Satan comes at him and Jesus got his answer. And the third time he says this, I told you I'll say it again. He says, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Jesus speaks to him and reminds him of the truth. Make a choice. Know what you want. Be certain of what holds greater value and focus on the reward. And you will find yourself closer to God than you've ever been before. You'll find the blessing. Here's my challenge for us this morning. You see, we're, we were talking about being bold. Bold. And if you're ready to be bold, then I'm going to ask you to expose your addictions and your temptations to bring them out in the light. In the light, they don't have the same power. And so you're gonna get a piece of paper. On this piece of paper, I don't want you to write your name down, but I want you to write down what your temptation is. I want you to write down what your addiction is. And I just want you to hold on to that for a moment. Uh, again, I, I, I don't want you to, to write your name. It's not that I need to know this. It's that we come to a prophetic moment where we say, God, I'm going to expose this. I, I don't, it, it's had power over me for far too long. I don't want it to. I don't want this in my life. 
if you didn't get a paper, just quite quickly, just did you guys on this side? Nobody on this side got papers on this side, would you? And if you're online and you're watching this right now, and if you just want to uh, post it in the comments or DM us, listen, the purpose of this is for you to bring this to light. Be bold, be bold. Listen, when we hold back, when we say, listen, I'm not ready to expose we do that, you don't get where you want to go. You don't grow when you want to have growth. You don't develop and change when you want to change. You, you stay there. But if you take a step and say, I'll expose it. Say, you know what? I choose today. I understand what holds greater value. I'm going to focus on the reward. That's what you're doing this morning. I want you to take a moment to write that down. And I'm going to pray with us this morning. Would you join me? And worship team, would you come and join me? Heavenly Father, I thank you. God, I thank you for your church. And I thank you, Lord, for this moment. I thank you, Lord, that you woke us up. And I thank you, God, that you brought us to, to church by no accidents. You love us, God. And you're pulling us towards you, Lord. Help us to see that your love is far greater, Lord, than anything else that this world has to offer. That the fleeting pleasures of sin are just that fleeting. And they won't last. But the reward with you lasts for eternity in heaven. It means something in heaven. So Father, we bring to light our addictions. We bring to light our temptations, our sins. And we say, God, we don't want them anymore. Would you help us, Lord? Would you help us?